No, I wanted to uh, quickly move on. I have one more spot that I wanted to touch on for UFC 264. But before I do that, we talked about it. We're only three weeks away from this one. And I kind of I kind of was lukewarm on it last week. And now I'm just like, I rewatched everything and I've, I've repolished everything. And there's no way that Dustin Poirier doesn't beat Conor McGregor. I think Whoa, it's, uh, I think go. it's, yeah, I think it's, a, uh, it's a good spot. I still think, uh, this is another one where I just have to talk it out where you look at, you look at Poirier in his last 21, 21 UFC fights since 2012, he's won 10 of them inside the distance. He's 15, five and one in those 21 fights. Uh, you talk about Conor McGregor. Since 2013, he's fought 12 times. He's uh, what is he nine nine and three in those in those 12 fights, and uh, it just comes down to the numbers. The most money that you've made on props backing Conor McGregor in his UFC career is to win by decision, which he's only done twice. You've made more money <sighs> betting against McGregor to win. Uh, betting against McGregor's on on his opponent to win inside the distance than you have on betting Connor to win inside the distance. McGregor's lost three times inside the distance, uh, and he's won seven of his twelve fights inside the distance. But a lot of those fights were in fights where he was, you know, substantially favored. Mm -hmm. um, it just comes down to the numbers. It comes down to we're talking about uh, experience here. We're talking about Dustin Poirier's fought in twice as many UFC fights, more than twice as many UFC fights than Conor McGregor has in less in 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 eight years. Dustin has fought in twenty one fights. Conor has fought in twelve, and it's not like I know Dustin has been in a lot of wars. But this is the type of guy who's he's been he's been really good to his body and his training, and uh, he's I, I just I you can't you can't deny uh, he's now that uh, now that Habib is gone, the fight to make is going it has to be Poirier and Oliveira, and I think this this could be the swan song, you know besides maybe Nate. Uh, this could be the swan song for Connor because I would not be shocked if Dustin puts Connor away in uh, in five minutes or less because it's it's just all it takes is Poirier. He's just so skilled. All it's going to take is Poirier to to feel Connor's power, get his timing, get Connor breathing a little bit, and just set up those counter strikes. And I think he's going to do very similar to what he did to uh to him in the first fight he's gonna chop at him it, i just i think it'll be a cookie cutter type thing and i can't see how much better connor's gonna get from this apex that we've seen him kind of plateauing at and you go back and watch that uh the 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 fight in january connor had his moments but if he's gonna come out there heavy on that front foot again you know, very not mobile at all. This is going to be, it's going to be uh, a piece of cake, I think, honestly, for Dustin Poirier. So Dustin, I, what's interesting to me is there's, uh, McGregor is at like plus 135 to win inside the distance, and Dustin is at like plus 150 
to win inside the distance. So even though Poirier is favored to win the fight, he's actually uh, at bigger plus money to win inside the distance than McGregor is, which I think is just ridiculous. But you don't even need to bet inside the distance. I think even at the current price of like minus 115 on Poirier, I think it's a, I think it's a good spot. What do you think? Yeah, man. I mean, I kind of – my opinion hasn't really changed much since we did the look ahead last week on it. Like I said, the, the more I've thought about the fight, the more I do feel like the why Conor McGregor lost. He lost – right, we're putting it all in the leg kick, the calf kick, right? Conor wasn't prepared for the calf kick. But the fact that he ate the calf kick is essentially a byproduct of the fact that Conor McGregor – does not possess the movement that he used to when he was the king of MMA, when he when he ruled this game, right? When he was the two-division champion. Why was Conor McGregor so special back then? It was the in-and-out movement, how light he stayed on his feet, his reactability, his reaction timing, his speed, okay? Speed combined with timing. Even Conor has the famous quote, right, talking about – uh. You know, precision beats power and timing beats speed, right? And it was the truth. You know, his his timing was impeccable. His countering was unreal. That's just not who he is anymore. That's just not who he is anymore. He's a more run-of-the-mill style guy. He's a little more flat-footed. He's a little more stationary. And that right there is the magic of Conor McGregor gone, you know? Uh, the things that made him special are no longer as apparent. He's not using those as the thing that sets him apart from the competition, the thing that makes Conor McGregor impossible to prepare for because he's on another level of anyone out there. You know, you 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 couldn't find a sparring partner, someone to train with that could really emulate what you were going to see fighting a Conor McGregor. Today, that's not the case. Today, you can watch tape. You can see this guy doesn't move the way he used to, and it makes it so much easier to train for, anticipate, and land good crushing shots like a calf kick. When a guy's light on his feet moving back and forth, I'm throwing a calf kick. He's he's now jumped backwards. I'm not landing. A more stationary Connor, I'm timing out. I'm catching him heavy on the front leg and just ripping into those fine muscles of the calf and uh, making a guy – I mean, that's the, and that's the secret, right? Like I said, it's the movement of Connor that makes him special. Disable the leg with the calf kick. The movement disappears – anybody can beat a stationary McGregor. And I think Poirier is going to do that. I think that we're not necessarily going to see the calf kick be as important. I do think Connor's going to do better managing it, but I still think this fight plays out fairly similar. I do think it goes probably longer than it did the first time, but uh, I think Dustin Poirier wins this fight. I do. And I think when it comes down to it, where this, this fight's lined out with the current value the fact that you're probably, as the hype machine begins to kick in, we just saw the billboard put up in Vegas, right? And it's not Dustin Poirier. It's not, it's time to get back to Dustin Poirier, okay? It's time to get back to Conor McGregor, okay? And sure enough, the casual fan base will come in. This is, I think it's going to be as simple as this. Sharp money will back Poirier. Casual money will back McGregor. And it's a battle of who's going to be coughing up, uh, the most money. The Sharps are going to be dropping hundreds and thousands on Poirier while every casual is lined up to drop 20, 40, 50 bucks on McGregor. 
And uh, hopefully the casuals line up a lot deeper than the sharps and we can get some cash flow here on McGregor and hopefully get us some plus money on Poirier. And I'll put it like this, plus money Poirier against Conor McGregor. You don't need to think. You just need to place the bet. Yeah, exactly. And it's as simple as that. And the I'm glad you brought up the billboard because the billboard convinced me so much more that like uh, the tweet that Connor put out where it was like uh, first one to shoot is uh, is a dirty I don't know what it what it was exactly but and I I remember reading him and him and Poirier going back and forth on Twitter and Connor saying to him like oh you shot on me like 90 seconds into the fight blah blah blah. And like, if Connor is openly talking about him not wanting to wrestle, it's just like you you don't have confidence. You're openly saying that you don't have confidence in that level of your game. So that means that you're not working that level of your game. That means that all it's going to take is to you know get you against the cage and to wear you down with a little bit of grappling or a, or some work on the ground. Very similar to what he did in the in the in the fight in January. So uh, yeah, it's just all of this, all of the little signs are pointing just as heavy to Poirier uh, than they were in the last fight. But uh, really quickly to go to this, the co-main event. And I, I noticed that tonight they uh, announced it officially as the co-main event, because I know that there were some rumors that it was going to be uh uh, Greg Hardy and Tai Tuivasa. Oh, so, thank God! <laughs> so thank luckily, God. luckily we got uh, Gilbert Burns and Wonder Boy. And uh, I thought about this one a lot. I did some. Uh, I watched the tape a little bit, and I got to say, it's it's very uh, it's akin to what we saw last week. Uh, you you said it exactly with uh, you know with Vittori and Adesanya where. Gilbert Burns needs to take Wonder Boy down in the middle of the cage and uh, work him basically in the middle of the octagon. And uh, if he does that, he'll probably win. And if he doesn't, he'll probably lose. And uh, I gotta go with Gilbert Burns here, man. I think wow. that there's, I think that there's some, I, I think that there's some good value here. And I feel like we're kind of, sh- it's kind of a uh, buy low, sell high. Because I I feel like there's a lot of uh, I feel like there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of love for Wonder Boy in the market, and I feel like a lot of people are selling off on Gilbert Burns, uh, seeing him you know get uh, knocked out by Kamaru so easily. But I still I think I don't know, man. I think I think there's some uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Gilbert Burns win a decision here by just. Uh, you know, wrestle fucking Wonder Boy for uh, 15 minutes. What do you think? Uh, man, Al, I got this fight pretty much nailed down, man, and I can break it down fully. Like, my my, my pick is in on this fight officially. Um, I'm going to drop it on the folks right now. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right, Al, that Gilbert Burns needs to get Wonder Boy down, and he needs to get him down in the middle of the cage. If he does, it's his path to victory. Uh, Gilbert Burns... If he repeatedly hits these takedowns on Wonder Boy and keeps him down, he will win the fight. I'll say this, though. Wonder Boy, pretty fantastic takedown defense as it stands right now. Everybody knows how you'd be Wonder Boy. It's definitely not uh, getting in a striking battle with him. So, yeah, you better be hitting some takedowns on my man. But 
I mean, we're talking about Wonder Boy, who's for years now trained with Chris Weidman, a a big middleweight who's you know uh, really sharpened up those skills. You know, Wonder Boy realized what he needed to do. I mean, these guys are family at this point. Wonder Boy married Weidman's sister, right? Um, but it was it was a match made in heaven to bring in uh, a wrestler of that level to train with Wonder Boy for for years now. You know, I even think that it's like a running joke that you got. Uh, you know, Chris Wyman's originally from Long Island, but now they call him like Carolina Chris because uh, he spends so much time training with Wonderboy and whatnot. And uh, Al, Al, you're right, man. The fight's this simple. Gilbert Burns needs to hit takedowns, maintain a dominant position on Wonderboy, work for the sub, find the sub, uh, win the fight that way. But I have a feeling that Gilbert Burns isn't going to rely on his wrestling enough. It's very taxing. It's very exhausting. Um I think Gilbert Burns, a guy who we've seen hit some spectacular KOs as of late, I almost feel like this guy's getting a little bit away from his jiu-jitsu game. We saw him attempt to go toe-to-toe with Kamaru Usman striking. That's not the move. You know, I know Usman's known as a wrestler, but he's also an incredibly high-level striker at this point. Um, I think Wonderboy wins this fight. I think he probably gets taken down once, twice, maybe a few times by Gilbert Burns. But I do think he gets finds his way to his feet. I don't think he gets submitted. And I think for the most part, this fight plays out on the feet. And I think Wonder Boy essentially picks him apart, maybe even finishes Gilbert Burns. And Al, current value where Wonder Boy's at, I uh, will guarantee you if I can get this similar number as, as this fight approaches, I'll, I'll bet him. But um, this opened up Wonder Boy is the underdog. And I absolutely wish I could get plus money. Um on Wonder Boy, it's not going to happen though. It looks like it's pretty much uh, all one-way traffic as far as money coming in on Wonder Boy. Who knows as the fight approaches though, things might go back to their way. But it's Wonder Boy for me, man. I think Wonder Boy is going to keep this fight on the feet, and I think he's going to uh, do well. Yeah, that's a fair assumption. Like if Wonder Boy was plus money, this would be a different uh, conversation. And then really quickly, rapid fire. This is my sneaky pick for UFC 264. And it's Yana Kunitskaya against Irene Aldana with Yan, uh, Kunitskaya coming in as like a plus 150 underdog. And is it really that high? Yeah. And Yana Kunitskaya is, she's quite good. You know, she's not like insanely special. She has a four and two record in the UFC, but Irene Aldana is, in my opinion, incredibly overrated. She's almost a 500 fighter in the UFC. She's five and four, and uh, she's lost uh, all four of her fights by decision. Uh, she's she's never been finished, but I, I feel like if we see Yana Kunitskaya um, pull off that same type of performance that she had against Ketlin Vieira, uh, I, I got to just ride with this. And I know it's kind of just like a random fight, but... This is one that uh, I put some work in, and I'm pretty confident in this one. Yana Kunitskaya for uh, a full unit wager for me. I like this one a lot. Yeah, Al, man, I, I, I think this one's pretty simple too, though. You know, Aldana, pretty one-dimensional, good. You know, she's a Mexican. She's got the good Mexican boxing. Um, yeah, if Kunitskaya makes this a dirty fight, press her up against the cage, Essentially, Kunitskaya's job in this fight is to just not strike in the center of the octagon. Because if she takes this fight to the mat, 
you've got to say advantage Kunitskaya. If she makes this dirty, uh, a clinch battle, you got to say advantage Kunitskaya. If this fight ends up against the cage in a position where Kunitskaya, who's a big fighter, a strong fighter, can just kind of muscle her around and have her way, Al, you're probably right, man. I really only see a very limited path to victory here for Irene Idana, and it's to stand and maintain at striking distance for 15 minutes. And uh, at that point, it would be Kunitskaya just making mental mistake after mental mistake in allowing that to happen. So, Al, I think you're probably right. Um, man, it's a tough matchup, though. I do feel like both of them are probably in that position where I exercise a lot of ca – I, I, I'll put it like this. I'm ultra cautious placing a bet on Irene Aldana due to her limited skill set. I'm also very uh, cautious in placing a bet on Yana Kunitskaya due to fight IQ lapses I've seen in fights previous. So I don't know if it's one I'm, I'm targeting, but it's definitely one I'm going to watch, and I think you're probably uh, onto something there. If Kunitskaya just fights a smart fight, it's probably her fight to win and is a plus-money underdog. That uh, definitely seems right to me. I don't know, though, Al. I could see, I could see myself getting swayed the other way. That's one that I just I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the tape. I'm going to let the tape talk. And however I come out after the tape study, that's who I'm going to rock with. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to get myself to pull the trigger regardless of what side I pull out here unless these numbers really move around. It's just for me, it's, you know, uh, perception is not reality is uh, one of my favorite quotes. And I just don't see a, I don't see a case to be made for Aldana to be such a large favorite against Kunitskaya, who you know, based on the push that the UFC has given, they both kind of had failed pushes. And I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like I, uh, I feel like I, Aldana is just overrated. It's not what you see is what you get with her. It's like the, the perception of who she is as a fighter is not the reality of it. So I feel like, uh, I feel like there's more to this fight than what the, the line says. And uh, I gotta say, I've I've been crushing women's MMA lately, and uh, I don't know. I just got a I got a good feeling about this one. Nice. Well, hey, do your thing, man. You know what I mean. Is there any other fights that are uh, jumping out at you on this card? 